Perhaps you were as blessed as I was and am in my life to have different people who served as great witnesses and example of the dignity of every human life. The one I'd like to highlight today is my grandmother, so my mother's mother. She had such a great love for life that I witnessed it in how she cared for my special needs uncle, who was severely physically disabled all of his life, always in a wheelchair or a bed, and how tenderly she cared for him, I was told, all those years with such great affection, rather than putting him into the mental health hospital in our city. Not much later, but when I was young, my grandma had a severe stroke. So my grandfather retired early from farming, though he loved farming, to be able to tend to Donnie and to my grandma. Their witness together as a couple has left a deep and profound impact on my life. That every, every human being, from the moment of conception until natural death, has an inherent dignity. Created in the image and likeness of God, every single one of us are chosen by God, called by God. We are formed in the womb as we hear from Jeremiah. God knew us before we were even conceived. And he loved us from the moment of conception and always will. The second example I'd like to use from my grandmother was that my mother tells the story that she was teaching my mother about the dignity of human life. She had a simple saying, I'd much rather have a child on my lap than on my conscience. She understood that every life had an inherent dignity, and that it is God who is the creator and origin of human life, and all the good things that we are blessed with in nature, for example, and it is to be revered with great reverence. My brothers and sisters, on January 22nd here, Throughout the United States, us as Catholics observe a day of prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. It is a particular time for us to offer prayers and sacrifices so that life will be protected. We might think to ourselves, well, do we have to worry about that anymore since the reversal of Roe versus Wade? The answer is yes, not just in other states, who now have the right to establish their own laws for the protection of rights to take life. But even within our own state, this very day, these past many months, there are people circulating a petition trying to get people to sign it so that it is codified in our Constitution for abortion to be legalized, at which point no other laws could offer any sort of limitations or restrictions, even for the protection of women. It is indeed a sad thing to think that in our own day and age that we would have to worry about this, even in a state like ours, which 
has had such wonderful, strong laws protecting both women and protecting children. But it is more than at risk, my brothers and sisters. We are on the very heels of what could be a very decisive moment in our history. Will we hear the words like we heard in our first reading today when Nineveh, in Nineveh, the words that were pronounced, when the judgment was about to come upon them because they made their own choices and they were making very evil choices. And Jonah was called to call them out of that, and they repented. That's why it's important we pray and we take action for the protection of life not just in regards to ourselves, but helping other people come to understand the beautiful gift of human life and to have a reverence that allows God to be the judge of when he will call a soul home and not for any of us as human beings. We know in scripture, there's many, many examples of scripture that speak about the inherent dignity of human life. We know in the Old Testament, for example, when Moses went up on the mountain, one of the Ten Commandments was, thou shalt not kill. It's very clear. It's unambiguous. Thou shalt not kill. We also know when Jesus was asked that question, what is the greatest of all the commandments? You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and your neighbor as yourself is the second. God himself, through the person of Jesus, has made it clear how important it is that we love others. Not just those in the womb, those with special needs, those who are aging, all of us, how we treat one another. It is to be a time for us to do it with great, great reverence. The church has consistently called us, and that's one of the things I love about our beautiful Catholic faith, standing so strong for the inherent dignity of every human life. Within our own country, when Roe versus Wade was first put into place in 1973, over 60 million babies have died in our country. We are blessed since the reversal of that within our own state that it has reduced abortions. But we are at risk as I shared. So we recently communicated, that is, Bishop Mewich and I, the bishops of South Dakota, the amendment which would sanction the wholesale destruction of preborn children and prevent anyone from standing in the way. Neither the legislature, the governor, nor the judiciary would be able to make any significant actions to protect the human rights of preborn girls and boys. This is indeed disturbing. And the question is, will we be motivated like the people of Nineveh to take action? How do we take action? First of all, we become very educated about the reality of what's going on within our own state. We pray and we seek ways to help moms and dads and the unborn. So blessed in our Catholic Church, we have programs like walking with moms to assist them and support them. Our various pro-life groups who do so much to provide resourcing for parents, especially in troubled situations, and for their little ones. 
we should be proud, all those who have been so active, not just in the way that they vote, but in the way that they particularly and intentionally engage in pro-life care and love. You might see in the petition or hear of it, it might be presented to you as reproductive freedom, protecting women's rights and lives, and it simply is to replace Roe versus Wade. Actually, what it allows for is even something more severe than Roe versus Wade. I am concerned, in one part, of where these abortions would happen and for the safety of the women. Most of all, I'm concerned because anytime we deviate from God's will and laws, there will be consequences. I'm also saddened because I've been blessed to experience and know the hardship of those who've had abortions and how important it is for us to care and love for those who've had abortions, to be kind and invite them to confession, to find into your freedom, to give them strength and encouragement through that difficult time, to assist those who might have an unexpected pregnancy, especially if they're young or in stages of poverty where they're concerned about being able to provide for the little one. My brothers and sisters, there's so many ways for us to be engaged. First of all, we learn. We do not sign anything, even if it's presented as a pro-life measure, which has been some of the strategy of those who are gathering petitions. Secondly, get engaged in the Decline to Sign campaign to not only help educate people when they go to the voting booth of the reality of all this, but also to be actively engaged in the work of the Decline to Sign campaign, educating friends, neighbors, family members, not only to decline the sign, but help them to experience the freedom of living in a clear conscience with God. And so I finish offering this prayer that Bishop Mewich and I put in our document as we educated on this recently. Lord, we pray for those who fail to see the profound dignity that is inherent in every child from the moment of conception. We pray that their minds would be opened and their hearts softened so that we might truly build a society where every child is welcomed in life and protected by law. My brothers and sisters, I invite you to join me in this prayer and to pray for those who've had abortions, pray for those who are in difficult pregnancies, pray that especially us as Catholics will be actively engaged as much as we can for the plan that God has for our well-being.